Shy from Detroit. Shy, talk about Patti LaBelle and the greatness of You Are My Friend. Oh my gosh. So it's so, so beautiful. The story of it. It's like you are truly somebody that holds value to me. And I know that I hold value to you. Like, you know, when you when we're not around each other, like I can still feel like our connection when you hear 
with me just everything about you just like make me feel so good like you make me happy to know you and mm. be around you and I look forward to the memories that we make or the time that we spend together it's just like I've been and then like she says like I've been looking around but you were here all the time it's like there's something that I was searching for in mm. somebody and this whole time I've had it with you because the things that I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, I want this, or I want to experience this, I want to feel this. It's like, hey. It was always there. person right here, yeah. like, they give you all those things. And so it's like, that's so crazy. That was, shit, the shit was in my face the whole time. And it's like, and the person that is, it's coming from is just, I already think so highly of you. And you're such a beautiful person. It's like, you, mm-hmm. you're my person. I, that song is just incredible. I love that song. And Patty sings it with so much might. And I'll talk more about it. After we play, you are my friend. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of the Legends of Sports and Music. And today, as you heard from the opening song and the opening voice note by my buddy from Detroit, Cheyenne, we are talking about the single greatest female singer ever to come out of the brotherly love, out of the city of brotherly love, the legendary Patricia Holt, otherwise more famously known as Patti LaBelle. The title of the episode is called The Blueprint. Later on, I'll tell you why I called it The Blueprint. Patti LaBelle, The Blueprint, is today's topic. It's today's musical tribute podcast. And we started with you all, my friend, and you heard Shy talk about, talk about in her voice note, why she loved You Are My Friend. You Are My Friend was the very first Patti LaBelle song I heard on the radio back in 1977 as a nine-year-old. And I remember the first time I heard this song, I was sitting with my parents in their bedroom, and I was like, oh, this is such a beautiful song. And my mother was like, yeah, it's okay. I said, no, Mom, that's a beautiful song. And my father was like, yeah, that." That, that's a great song, Elsa. That's a great song. My mother's like, nah, it's okay. My mother, it took years for my mother to like Patti LaBelle. She hated uh, the group LaBelle with her, with Patti, Nona Hendrix, and Sarah Dash. She said that that Lady Marmalade song, she couldn't stand it because they played that song over and over again. Now, in 1975, I wasn't listening to the radio. I was watching TV. And I must have missed the episode when they came on Soul Train. So I wasn't aware of that song in 1977 until my mother brought it up. And then, coincidentally, a few weeks later, I heard the song on the radio for the first time. And I was like, oh, mom, you don't like this song? This song is hot. C'est toi, c'est toi. Who do 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 say the take what? And my mom's like, I hate that song. They played that shit too much. They ran it into the ground, which radio did a lot back then. And I don't know, I don't listen to the radio today, but I'm sure they still play the same five songs over and over again. Anyway, I loved you all, my friend. It's one of my top five favorite Patty songs of all time. And it reminds me. Of For Once in My Life, Stevie Wonder's great song, 
Why does it remind me of For Once in My Life? Because For Once in My Life, my mother dedicated that song to me when my father was in prison. And I talked all about this on the Mother's Day Tribute Pod and on the Stevie Wonder Tribute Pod, both available here on this platform on the Legends of Sports and Music. Check those out if you haven't listened to either episode. It sounded like, like if for once in my life, my mother dedicated that song to me because for once in her life she had someone who needed her that won't leave her you are my friend was a song written by patty and her then husband armstead edwards and it was dedicated to their four-year-old son and i believe his name was zuri zuri edwards who today is at the age of 50 Patty LaBelle's manager. I think she—he's been Patty LaBelle's manager since she left his father, her ex-husband, Armstead Williams. I believe mm, twenty-three years ago they got divorced in two thousand three, but I believe they were separated in two thousand. Anyway, on to happier times for the couple. In nineteen seventy-seven, they got together. With a musician named Bud Ellison Bud Ellison made the music He made the instrumental for this song And Patty and her her then husband Armstead Wrote the lyrics to this masterful song You are my friend I've been looking around And you were here all along It's a beautiful song Shy and her voice knocked off Voice note talked about how it's the perfect song about friends, about two friends. Patty and Armstead wrote the song about their love of their son, of their four-year-old son. My interpretation of this song was both both ends, both what Shy said and what the original uh, meaning of the song Written by Patty and Armstead. I also see it as two friends of opposite sex. A man and a woman. Being there for each other all the time. You are my friend. And then eventually that friendship blossoms into romance. uh, Several of the best relationships I ever was in physical romantic relationships started off as friendships first i always felt that and the current girlfriend i'm with right now my current girlfriend mia we didn't start off as friends we started dating as soon as we met so there wasn't a friendship per se but as we've been together now nine months as the relationship has blossomed the friendship has come um Along as well Right now she is my best friend Sort of like Reverse of what I've been doing most of my life Most of my life it's been the the exact opposite I meet a woman Her and I become friends And then Months later Sometimes years later We begin dating And we begin a physical romantic relationship 
With me, it's been the exact opposite. We started dating. We started becoming physical. And as we were getting to know each other romantically, we got to know each other as a friend. Either way, You Are My Friend is an amazing song, whether it's about two friends and their love for each other or Patty and Armstead wrote about a mother or a father or both looking at their child and looking at the gift of birth and how they cherish this child like in Stevie Wonder's For Once in My Life now I'm not saying For Once in My Life is a song about a was originally about a man or woman's love for their son or daughter but that's how my mother interpreted and when you look at the magic of music at the brilliance of music is that you could take a song like you are my friend like for once in my life and interpret it however you feel however it relates to you that's why music is so magical and why if you don't have music in your life you're a soulless person beautiful song thank you shy for that great uh voice note and we will continue to talk about the greatness of Patti LaBelle because the next voice note is from one of my favorite weekly contributors on the podcast. I call him the Black Larry Bird because his, his name is Larry Bird. He's from Jacksonville, Florida, and he's got an incredible voice note talking about Patty and how she's one of the blueprints of female soul artists, female soul music. And it was Larry's voice note that motivated me to title this episode Patty LaBelle The Blueprint. We're going to hear from Larry. We're going to hear Patty LaBelle's incredible cover of Over the Rainbow. And we'll talk all about it on the other side. Hey, what's going on, Robert? This is uh, Larry checking in with you um, for your Pat LaBelle dedication podcast episode. Um, what can I say about Pat? That <laughs> there's just a lot to say about Pat. I mean, she's been around, well, I guess five or six decades of recording career, which is just phenomenal. I mean, how many people can you even say? You say they've done that and survived and just, you know, rebranded herself, reinvented herself. And just just amazing seeing it. Of course, I'm a little younger when she first came out. But then, you know, once the songs my parents played, um, just hearing her all around the house. And I think probably for me, I just remember my early memories of Patty was playing uh, Dwayne Wayne's mother, which Kadeem Hardison, the, act, the actor in, in a different world. And, you know, she always come around. Department with uh, Dwayne Wayne, they always called him Chipmunk. You know that's one of my early memories. But I think with with Patty, it's almost like um, with Patty, Aretha, and Gladys, they're they're kind of like, in my terms, they're like Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas. You know, three acclaimed singers came out during the the '60s. You know, and just you know dominated, you know, in their era of of great singers, great songwriters, or people who wrote songs for them, however the case may be, that just 
they just transcended in each decade they came they they transitioned with the times that's a that just a speech on their greatness to adapt you know what I mean and of course Patty had the patty pies and her cooking the cookbooks so it, you just can't just say she's a singer no she's done she's done a lot she's she's they're the divas and of course everybody's well I didn't see what I heard about what she uh, with the whole Tina Turner uh, rendition and she didn't know the song I guess she had a a, a not too uh, polite impromptu meeting with Tina or whatever but she's just the epitome She's the epitome. She's the epitome of a diva, and you know. But you know, end all be all. She, she's one of the blueprints of upholding that that diva status. But very talented. You know, hailing from Philadelphia, and that great singing voice. And the thing I want to add too, all three of those, all three of those women, sung in the church. That's why that voice, their voice is just, just a different, just a different class all together, you know what I mean, you just, I don't know, like Patti Bell just, she's, she's a behemoth of a legend, man, and there's no other way I can really even say to even add on, you know, just seeing her now, still singing, still enjoying it, it's just real dope seeing artists that been in the game that long, still have a passion for it, it's, I can't, I don't know, I don't know if there's anything I can add to it, just, uh, she's just a whole legend, man, Patti Bell just, Adelaide is just a whole legend, and and she 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 keeps finding things to reinvent herself. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just remarkable and dope to see. And uh, so kind of pretty much I had all the add on by Pat Labelle. And um, well, what I want to say this, and one of her show uh, actually with the times on that on Big Boy's Speaker Box on his album, he used that uh, excerpt. From Love Need and Want You is one of my favorite songs, and and how they how Big Boy slid it, whoever the engineer was slid that in the song, which is real cool and dope, and you know, it just brings people from all different ages to 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 go back to her music and just experience it, and that's what music is all about, spread to the next generation. So I just want to say shout out to Patty, and Robert, shout out to you. I know you want to have other other voice notes, want to break it down even more, and I'm I can't wait to hear it. Y'all be blessed and be safe. I'm out.
first and foremost, before I talk about Larry's great voice note, phenomenal voice note, man, it really hit home some of the points I need to bring up, especially him using the blueprint, Patty, Gladys, Aretha. First, I want to talk about the song Over the Rainbow. This was on Patti LaBelle's debut album on Philly International Records. It was released in August of 1981. Now, this at, the, at this point in time, we didn't know this was going to be a transitional period for the record label. Because it would be less than a year later, maybe six months later, that the star of the label, the top dog at Philly International Records, Teddy Pendergrass, got into a car accident, leaving him paralyzed for life and ending his reign as the number one male soul artist in the world. And eventually they, CBS Records, would release Teddy Pendergrass. And when he made his comeback two years after the accident, he went to, was it Electra Records? I believe it was Electra Records. Well, we'll talk about that, his comeback on part three of the Teddy Pendergrass tribute I've done I've done parts one and two so August of 1981 Patti LaBelle's debut album on Philly International her debut because after you are my friend Patti struggled to get another hit until she became a member and joined Philly International Philly International her first album the spirit what was the name of it the the spirits in it Several of the songs were written by Cecil Womack and Kenneth Gamble. The prize of this entire first album, The Spirits In It, was her cover of Judy Garland's Oscar-winning song from The Wizard of Oz, Over the Rainbow. Now, no doubt Judy Garland's original version was phenomenal. But Judy Garland, vocally, was never on Patti LaBelle's level. Patti LaBelle took Judy Garland's song, and like Luther did with the Carpenters, Superstar, what Luther did with uh, Dionne Warwick's Till You Come Back to Me, that's all I'm... Like many great artists have done with their covers... She made Over the Rainbow her own, and it was master production by Bud Ellison and Kenny Womack. I mean, Kenny Womack, <laughs> Cecil Womack, Kenny Womack. I'm getting the two names confused, and plus I had a childhood friend named Kenny Womack. <laughs> so, Kenny, Kenneth Gamble and Bud Ellison produced a masterpiece of a cover song where Patty sits there and with that vocal prowess of hers, this entire song Over the rainbow Oh I will listen to her version Every single time And 
I never played Judy Garland's version. All right, Patty makes this song her own. One of the reasons why I loved Larry's voice note. Larry said that the three women that make up the blueprint of female soul artists, the blueprint of female R&B artists to this day, they wrote the blueprint and then... Later on, the Beyonce's, the Aaliyah's, the Mariah's, the Whitney's, the Phyllis Hyman's, the Shaka Khan's, they all copied from that blueprint. And when you make the blueprint, the blueprint is there for people to follow your lead. Gladys Knight, Aretha Franklin, and Patti LaBelle, Larry Phenomenal analogy The blueprint for female R&B artists And You hear it Matter of fact I didn't know till years later Years after Mariah Carey had debuted That Patti LaBelle Was her actual godmother Talk about a You have Now look Mariah Carey's mother was an opera singer so Mariah Carey had the two biggest influences in her rise as a singer. That's like everybody knows that's a faithful listener of all my podcasts that I'm a boxing historian. That's like a boxer having Eddie Futch and Emmanuel Stewart as their trainer, both training them at the same time with natural great. Fighting skills So you add Mariah's natural great vocal talent With a great opera singer And One of if not the greatest Soul voice For a female singer ever In Patti LaBelle It's a recipe for success And we all saw the results Mariah Is either the Number one Selling artists of all time or top two or three. Period. End of story. And you know what's criminal again? I'm about to get on my soapbox right now. How the fuck is Mariah Carey not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And how in the world is Patti LaBelle not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, the sexism and racism in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is too damn obvious. It's too damn blatant. It's, they already have a bias towards females. Double that, triple that when it comes to black female singers. It took Whitney Houston and, Je- and Janet Jackson and Tina Turner too many years. Donna Summer took them too many years to get in the Rock and Hall of Fame. And now, look who's still not in the Rock and Hall of Fame. I'm getting on my soapbox. Fuck that. Sade, Mary J. Blige. Patty LaBelle, Shaka Khan just got in. Come on. The list is endless. I could go all night with this nonsense, right? Anyway, back to Larry's voice note. He made a great point about how all three learned. And we're talking all three. Her, his blueprint, his three, his holy trinity of the blueprint when it comes to R&B soul singers who wrote the blueprint 
who set the stand, who set the bar that everybody has followed ever since Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, and of course, Patti LaBelle. They got their vocal chops through, through singing in the gospel choir at church. Then all three started young. Uh, Patty dropped out of high school. We'll talk more about that later on. All three were teenage uh, prodigies. All three have vocal ranges and vocal talents that really, I would not argue if you said any of those three were the greatest female singers that ever lived. Any of those three. If you said... Gladys is the greatest female singer of all time. You said Aretha. A lot of people already say Aretha. A lot of people say Patty. Right? In my opinion, Patty LaBelle is the greatest female vocalist of all time just on the power of her voice. No one can fuck with her. And we will talk more about that later on in the podcast because there are some voice notes that bring this up and we'll talk about that. The next voice note, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Larry. Great voice note. Thank you for that great input because I cannot disagree with you at all. And you helped me come up with the title because I didn't just want to say Patti LaBelle. I wanted to say something like Patti LaBelle, Godmother of Soul. I never liked that title that some people gave her, the Godmother of Soul. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear that. But what I love is the blueprint. Patti LaBelle is definitely the blueprint with Gladys Knight and Aretha Franklin. The next voice note is from Aja. And oh boy, I've got a lot to say about what Aja says in her voice note after we hear Aja's voice note and a song Patti did with the legendary jazz musician Grover Washington Jr., the best is yet to come. We'll talk all about it on the other side. Patti LaBelle is just iconic. Just the embodiment of a powerhouse vocal singer with style, flair. I love when we are talking about artists that the moment that you hear their voice, you know it's them. Like, you know it's them. They just hit one note, then you know who you're hearing. I love artists like that, and Patti LaBelle is the epitome of it. No one sounds like her. I mean, we have artists who are like her in the sense that when they sing... You know it's them, you know, and some modern artists like Fantasia, for instance, just the type of voice that's just special, unique, and strong so that you can hear them over everything else. Patty is like that. Um, I would say it's more her uniqueness that endears her to me and her story which I won't talk about because I know that you'll talk about 
her more. Um, but one of my first experiences with Patti LaBelle was reading her book. And I don't even remember the name of it now, but I was a teenager when I read it. And by teenager, I mean maybe preteen, because I read everything. And my mom had the book and I read it and it was sad. It was very sad. A lot happened to her in her life and also the loss of her sister. Um, those were things that I just that stood out to me and made me, I guess, appreciate her more, her spirit and her ability to overcome. And I think when we talk about a lot of these artists, when we hear their stories, it's amazing that they're able to put out the type of art that they put out. But it's also art that probably helped them. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> Patty is that girl. She's that woman. And she's moved into a phase of life where now she's the legend, the legend of Patty LaBelle. And um, I mean, she has many songs that I like and appreciate. You know, when you think If Only You Knew, it's, it's a song that I is on my playlist and I've played it so many times before. Um, but her songs are like attention grabbing and you're going to want to feel something when you hear her voice because you know she is feeling something when she's singing. You can feel it with her. And I love how she has this mix of, you, you almost like some songs, you know, it's like you feel like you hear a, like a country twang mixed in with this soul and disco. And <laughs> it just is really cool. She's just an amazing artist and maybe controversial at times. But I think that that comes with being outspoken and original and not willing to back down. I think artists get a lot of flack today, especially because they have this platform they can use and everybody sees everything they're doing. But I mean, there are people who are creative and it takes a certain kind of energy to be like that. And those are people who have their own thoughts. And she certainly has shared some and done some things that have been hilarious. And like I said, controversial. Um, but I really just appreciate having a moment to talk about Patti LaBelle and the influence of her music in my life is that um, to see a black woman, to hear a black woman just be herself is an amazing thing and I'm always blessed by it and I just appreciate being able to share that so thank you again Robert um, for this moment and I look forward to hearing what other people have to say about the legend Patti LaBelle <laughs>
Before I talk about the song The Best Is Yet To Come I really want to comment on Aja's once again phenomenal voice note You could tell that Aja is a woman of passion The way she speaks about her husband The way she writes her erotic novels And so what I love about Aja's voice notes Her contribute her contributions to this podcast is that it is full of passion. Aja, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think everything you do in your life, your love of your parents, Uncle Eddie, your love of your husband, your love of your children, your love of music, and your love of black romance is because you're passionate about it and you can't do anything Unless you have a passion for it I'm the same way I have a passion for music I have a passion for boxing I have a passion for beautiful women (laughs) I can't deal with any of that stuff Or anything in my life If I'm not passionate about it I was a passionate father I'm passionate about my mother And the way I treat her And the way I take care of her I'm passionate about my nephew because I have always been there since he was born. He'll be 18 in five weeks. Time flies. Time flies. Five weeks, he will finally be 18. Talk about time flying. Anyway, back to what Aja was stating on her voice note. She made some great points. She talked about Patty's book And I, I, I read that book In the late 90's It was a hard book to read uh, Fascinating yes And it really Really Gave you an inside And an insight Into Patty's life And what made her The woman that she became The name of the book is called Don't Block the Blessings If you can find it i Wholeheartedly recommend you guys get it A lot of those books are hard to find A lot of the books that were written in the late 90s Like Teddy Pendergrass's uh, biography Life, was it Life is a Song Worth Oh no, Truly truly Blessed Or Life is a Song Worth Singing One of the, I forgot, but it's a Teddy Pendergrass autobiography Great book Gives you great insight into Teddy's life LL Cool J's autobiography gives you a great insight into all those all these books came out at the same time, late nineties. And they're hard to find. I lend someone my Teddy Pendergrass book twenty five years ago and I never got it back. <laughs> Luckily for me, the LL Cool J book is in storage and so is my Patty LaBelle book. But in that book, she talks about how her heart was broken when she was ten years old and her parents divorced. When she was 12 years old She was sexually molested By a family member Her oldest brother was 83 When he died in 2013 And this was years after she wrote the book When she wrote this book That was the only sibling she still had alive The oldest of her Of the five kids her parents had All three of her sisters died Before the age of 50 All died young I will talk about, if you ask me to, about the last death of her sister who died in 1989. I believe she was only 43 or 42. All her sisters died before the age of 50. 
So today, Patty at 79 has outlived almost everybody except her oldest brother who died at 83, the oldest of the five kids, the Holtz, her, her parents had. Patty wrote in the book that she didn't think she'd see 50 because all her sisters died before the age of 50. And something else that Aja made a great point about is Patty's quote-unquote controversial statements or way of being when she speaks on music, the uh, the current state of music today and of oh, Patty is like Shaka Khan, is like Gladys Knight, is like Anita Baker. She calls it like she sees it. She what she says is what she feels. She ain't gonna be politically correct. That's what I love about Patty. Patty LaBelle is a gem. 79 years old, and she is glowing and considering what Aja was saying. What Patty wrote in her book. The, the demon she had to deal with as a young girl, being sexually molested, losing her parents to a divorce, losing, as she got older, all three of her sisters, even after Patty was already successful in his career, no matter how successful you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter how famous you are, dealing with loss is no joke. It's something that's hard to come back from. But Patty has used loss, used uh, things that would have destroyed a lesser person, made her a stronger person, and made her a more loving person. The Patty LaBelle you see on TV that's always laughing and smiling and giving people hugs, anybody that has met her, Regular folk will tell you, that's Patty. That's Patty. Patty is not a fake. She's not fake. She is what she is. Like, we'll talk about Anita Baker. Anita Baker's a tough broad. She's a tough woman. That's who she is. Patty is tough inside, but on the outside, she has a motherly presence that you could tell helped Mariah Carey through her Ups and downs in the early to mid 2000s when she was suffering from depression, when she was suffering from almost being blacklisted by the industry, her ex-husband Tommy Matola trying to destroy her career from afar. Patty is the type of mentor, Patty is the type of motherly figure that people in the music industry need. We need more Patty LaBelles. And less sharks Beautifully stated Aja As always And as far as the song The best is yet to come The first masterpiece That was released Written by The great songwriting duo Of Cynthia Biggs And, De and Dexter Wanzel Two Philadelphia International songwriting legends You will never find An uh a label that had greater songwriters contribute or on their payroll than the Philadelphia International record label of the 70s to through the mid 80s. 
led off by the legendary songwriting duo and CEOs of the company, Kenneth Gamble and Leon Huff. Then you had great songwriters like McFadden and Whitehead, Ashford and Simpson, Cecil Womack, Cynthia uh, 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 Biggs, Tom Bell. Cynthia Biggs, Tom Bell. Uh, what was uh man talk about early signs of dementia? But um, and of course Dexter Wenzel. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, and Linda Creed. You can't ask for great. These look at that now. I know people are probably shouting at 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 their phone or their smart device or their Bluetooth speakers or their headphones saying, Rob. What about uh? No one. What about what about uh? Motown. Yeah, Motown had great. And you know what? Let me backtrack a second. You could put Motown and Philly International on the same level when it comes to great. A, a one of the greatest rosters in songwriters. So okay. I'm going to backtrack and say, yes, Motown. You could make an argument for either Motown or Philly International. And um, the best is yet to come is the first of two consecutive Cynthia Biggs, Dexter Wanzel songs that that they wrote for Patti LaBelle that were incredible songs, classic songs. We're about to play the next one. First, we're going to hear from my buddy Lala. Give another great testimony to Patti LaBelle. Then we're going to play the Cynthia Biggs, Dexter Wanzel masterpiece called If Only You Knew. And we'll talk about this masterpiece of a song and Lala's voice note on the other side. Hey, Rob, this is Lala. Patti LaBelle is one of those she's she's one of the greats she's one of those that i hate to hear someone remake one of her songs but i don't mind hearing her remake a song so i think um that silly me song uh to me she did justice to that song i I actually prefer her version and i'm i'm new to that version as well i just started listening to it like last year heard it by accident um but I remember the first time I heard her, or that I could acknowledge that uh, who I was listening to, and there was a music video that came on in the morning, and it was that song. I think that song is called Love, but the way I was able to identify that it was her is at the end. She's like, "Say, say my name, <laughs> Patty, Patty," but that's what grabbed you know grabbed my attention, and um, I had loved her ever since, and. You know, of course, I remember the car rides and stuff. And uh, what was the song? Uh, it was so many. If only you knew, because we would play that and try to compare the "If only you knew" to uh, Kiki Wyatt. And Kiki Wyatt can sing, and it was a nice version. But I just remember, you know, being really young and thinking, "Nah, I'd rather hear the Patty." You know, I don't know if it's because I heard the Patty version first or it's just a difference because even to this day, it's, it's, nobody does justice to that song like her. And um, since we are talking about the greatness of Patty, you know, I got to say, I learned a couple of 
recipes for macaroni and cheese. Now, I don't really go into the store and, and buy those pies ever since um, they put preservatives in it. Because I think the first batch definitely was preservative-free. Um, but I remember she was on TV One. It was a TV network. I don't know if everyone had it. And she was doing her little thing. She was cooking and stuff. And um, I never really liked macaroni and cheese. It's funny. But I was looking at... You know, she was she was chefing it up. And then she had a website at the time where you can go on the website to get the ingredients. And she had all different types of macaroni and cheese. She had the cream base. She had the cheesy base. So for some reason, I was like, I'm going to try it. And I started doing that. And I learned different styles, you know, to make macaroni and cheese. So I had to throw that in there. I know we're talking about her music and how soulful and amazing she is. But, you know, why leave out that southern cooking even though I, I know you said she was from Philadelphia which was new to me I don't know why I never knew and never checked to find out but you know as always thank you for having me and I can't wait to hear this podcast
Before I talk about the greatness of If Only You Knew, I want to comment on a couple of points Lala make. Lala always makes great points. Love her contributions to the podcast. Um, First and foremost, you're right about Patty redoing songs, but there have been singers, Lala, that have done as good a job as Patty on her original songs. Now, I mentioned... Before that, I always felt like you, Lala, that if you try and redo a Patti LaBelle song, you're setting yourself for failure. But on two occasions, you had singers out there who were able to duplicate the magic she made with two of her greatest songs. The first being... The very first song I played on the podcast, You Are My Friend. Ladies and gentlemen, go out there and search on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. Check out Sylvester's live version of You Are My Friend. And rest in peace to Sylvester. He bodied that cover. He killed it. And then he brought out Martha Wash and the Weather Girls. And they sang background and then they did their part. Their, Sylvester, Martha Wash, and the Weather Girls did that song justice. Gun to my head, I can't tell you which is the better version. I love both. Sylvester murders the cover. And later on in the podcast, I'll be playing Patty's If You Ask Me To. Which she did the music video and she broke down while filming the music video crying because her sister had just passed away. Celine Dion, one of her first major hits was If You Asked Me To, her cover. And Celine Dion did a masterful job in remaking that song. Gotta give all credits due to Celine Dion. Probably the greatest Canadian singer of all time. No, not probably, is the greatest Canadian singer of all time. I'm sorry, y'all. I know you got a lot of fans out there that love uh, Tamia and love um, Deborah Cox. But while vocally they have incredible singing voices, their careers are not a pimple on Celine Dion's ass when it comes to amount of hits and classic songs Celine Dion has recorded, produced, and released over the lifetime of her career, which sadly I believe has come to an end due to her current physical condition. If You Ask Me To is a great song. I'll talk more about that later on. You Are My Friend, if you have not heard Sylvester's version, Stop what you're doing. Pause the podcast. Listen to his version. It's a live version. So you know you did work. If you take a legendary woman's song and sing it in concert and you got everybody in that arena or in that club or in that venue eating out of your hands. You are my friend. I've been looking around and you were here all along. Amazing stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing stuff. Uh, what else I wanted? Oh, and one last thing. Lala talked about um, Patty's second career. Patty 
is the most famous non-chef cook in the world with her patty pies and her recipes of cookbooks the whole nine. She's made a great living off of her mastery of cuisines. So kudos to uh, Patty LaBelle for continuing to be relevant even at the very blessed age of 79. She's only four years older than my mother. God bless you, Patty. Now, on to If Only You Knew. I love this song. I love this song. This song is about unrequited, unrequ- unrequited love. It's about you in love with your friend, but he or she does not know that you're in love with them. Only you knew how much I do love you. Oh, oh this is a beautiful song. And Patty sings within her. And this is a song masterfully written by Cynthia Biggs and Dexter Wanzell. Now, they're one of the most memorable scenes in the history of the Moonlighting series. The iconic series from the mid to late 80s that made Bruce Willis a star. That resurrected Sybil Shepard's dead career was Moonlighting. And there was an episode in which... The actor, former comedian Charles Rocket played Bruce Willis's brother. Now, if anybody saw Moonlighting and remembered the show, the show was based around these two private investigators played by Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis and how they had great sexual chemistry. They flirted with each other. They argued with each other. But everything they did, you could tell they were massively attracted to each other. And what the show did brilliantly at first was they played off this chemistry by putting things in place to interfere with what should have been a couple, a match made in heaven, a couple made in heaven. One episode, and this was during, I believe, either the first or second season, Charles Rocket comes on guest appearance as Bruce Willis's brother, and Instantly, he's smitten with Sybil Shepard's character. So he asks her, I think her name was Maddie on the show, I forgot. He takes her out. They're in a club. The three of them are in the club. Bruce Willis is the proverbial third wheel. He's sitting, in the, he's sitting down and he's watching his brother and the woman he's in love with, who he hasn't been able to express that love to her, Slow dance to If Only You Knew. And the song is perfect because it matches what Bruce Willis's character, I believe his character was David on the show. It was matching what he felt at that time. She's dancing with my brother, but I'm in love with her and she doesn't know. If only she knew. Only you knew how much I do Love you, I do need you, oh, if only you knew. We've all had that experience where we fall for somebody who is with somebody else. And so with what can we do but hurt from afar? David 
played by Bruce Willis, was hurting from afar. Um, I highly recommend those who haven't seen it to go see if they could find Moonlighting on one of these streaming services. It was a tremendous series, and it catapulted Bruce Willis into superstardom. It was through Moonlighting that he met and took Demi Moore away from Emilio Estevez. <laughs> it was Moonlighting that got him the diehard movie role that catapulted him into superstardom and one of the greatest action film actors of all time. Once again, Lala, thank you for that incredible voice note. All right. Now, we're going to play an incredible duet by Bobby Womack and Patti LaBelle called Love Has Finally Come At Last. And we'll talk about this amazing song on the other side. Just like an old cliche, one that simply says, you can't miss what you never heard. I thought that love was just a feeling that I gave to him, and every turn he gave it back. But it's more. But not on the girl's body vibration But I knew oh, 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 yeah Love is trying to come at last And I'm never gonna give it back Oh, no, no, no I'm so glad I can stand in a dance I'm so glad Love is trying to come at last And I'm never gonna give it back Oh, no, 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 no Listen to me now just like a tender young virgin And her first love affair I doubt if she'd ever do it again Would she'd even care But her sign pressed on Ooh, the girl caught on Now the more she do it The more she seen the fall
Love has finally come at last. Oh, what a beautiful duet. This is one of the most underrated soul duets in the history of duets. An amazing ballad written and produced by Bobby Womack. Tribute pod with my buddy Shy from Detroit. And I purposely left this song off that podcast because I wanted it to cover it on the Patti LaBelle tribute podcast their voices blended perfectly i mean just plain perfectly with the way both of their powerful voices patty's powerful soprano and bobby's powerful baritone mixed perfectly this song reminded me well actually not reminded me because that song came out years later Less than a decade after this song came out, K.C. Haley and Mary J. Blige did a phenomenal duet that I covered on the Mary J. Blige Watch the 401 Part 1 Tribute Podcast that's available on this platform. And that was, if love, what is it? Um, Loving you is wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything else. When you hear I Don't Want to Do Anything Else by Casey and Mary, it sounds similar to to this duet. Love is all we have. Ba 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 ba. I mean, I just, oh man, what an amazing song. Love has finally come at last. That's what If Loving You What was it I don't want to do anything else I keep mixing up the song I don't want to do anything else Reminds me of Love Has Finally Come At Last Not saying Mary is the great singer that Patty is Mary is a great singer Patty's on a different level vocally But they both Mary and Patty both share the passion When they sing about another man Right Um when they're singing about the man they're in love with. And in this song, Patty's expressing her love for whoever, probably, yeah, her husband at the time, because her and her husband were still madly in love at this point in time. Or were they? Were they? Yes, yes, they were, of course, because they didn't get divorced until 2003. They didn't separate until 2000. So. Patty is channeling her love for Armstead in this song. 
Bobby with whomever the woman he's dealing with at the time Because We all know that Bobby was a <laughs> Womanizer Amongst other things that he did Amongst other uh, Quirks and um, Vices that he had But Bobby did love hard Even if he loved too many women at the same time He loved hard If he was in love with you He loved hard and you saw it in his songwriting This song Love Has Finally Come At Last Is Bobby and Patty singing about That they finally found the love And they didn't want to lose it If you look at some of the lyrics Love has finally come at last And I'm never gonna give it back This song is about a couple finding love And doing everything they can to hold on to it They don't want to lose that love and feeling They don't want to lose that passion They don't want to lose that incredible feeling Ladies and gentlemen When you are in love Like I currently am in Like I've been in several times It's the greatest high I have never drank I have never smoked My vice is when I'm in love When I love a woman That's the greatest high I've ever imagined Especially when I am making love to said woman There is no greater passion There's no greater feeling for me That is my trunk And this song here Epitomizes That type of passion Seems like you just wanna Let everybody know Let everybody know That love has finally come at last Yes that's how I am when I am in love, I shout it to the moon and I let everybody that I know know that love has finally come at last and I'm never going to give it back. Now, as high as that high is, like in this song, eventually it comes crashing down. Not eventually, not eventually, not eventually. That's, that's not a, well, I'm sorry. When it does come crashing down You go from the highest of the highs To the lowest of the lows And later on in the podcast I will play the the Opposite side of the coin To this song in On my own Which is one of the great Divorce breakup songs Of all time uh, And another great duet It's crazy Things, It's crazy how the irony of it, Patty does this great duet about unconditional love, about finding love with Bobby Womack. And then later on in her career, a couple years later, she does a heart-aching breakup song in another duet with Michael McDonald on my own. We'll talk about that. But before we talk about that song, we're going to play... I think it might be one or two. Let me see how many voice notes. We're going to play a couple of voice notes from Mike and Simone on my favorite, my ultimate Patti LaBelle song. This song is on my Mount Rushmore of ballads. We're going to listen to Michael Angel and Simone talk about the greatness of love you, need you, want you, the greatness of Patti LaBelle. We're going to play. What I consider one of the four greatest ballads 
ever sung, ever created, ever recorded. And I'm going to break it all down on the other side. There's not many vocalists, male or female, that can match up with Miss Patti LaBelle. She's a powerhouse. Uh, she commands every stage that she steps foot on. And not only is she a powerhouse, but she's competitive as fuck. You, you put any so-called R&B diva or male vocalist on the stage with Patti LaBelle, and she's going to take over. Uh, she, the way she goes about her performance kind of reminds you of like a, a Eddie Levert or a, a Johnny Gill in that you don't, you don't want to be singing next to them. You don't want to be on stage with them because they will out-sing your ass, out-dance you, out-whatever. She's going to kick her shoes off, take her wig off, and then she's going to sing you under the stage. Um, my first time I can remember hearing Patty was with uh, Michael McDonald on my own, and I've been a fan ever since. Uh, as I got older, of course, I went into her back catalog and you know, still stayed up with her, her current work. Uh, Patty, Patty is unique in that, you know, she's kind of had, you know, she's kind of had two careers, a rebirth, so to speak, with the, you know, the popularity of her uh, Patty Pie. You know, she's like America's mom, at least black folks anyway. She's black. She's, you know, the black people's mom. Um, she helped me out of a a serious situation I was in too. It was, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years ago in my marriage and me and my wife were going through a tough time. I don't even remember what it was about, but um, you know, it, I find it hard to open up and, and really say how I feel and uh, it's, you know, a man deal. I'm getting better though. But she was, you know, she was doubting my love for her and my appreciation. And uh, I mean, it was, it was because of something else. But I mean, I, I didn't have the, I, I didn't have the words to tell her what I really felt about her. And I don't know. I think I was on the way to work or and. Uh, Love, Need, and Want You came on. And I was like, damn, that's it. That's it. And uh, I sent her the song. She was probably at work or teaching. She was teaching then. And uh, she called me immediately. She was, you know, crying. And, you know, we just, we talked it out and, and worked things out. Uh, I love Patti LaBelle. Uh, she's, you know, one of my favorite vocalists. Uh, she spawned a lot of, I wouldn't say imitators, but... Uh, she was a role model for a lot of, you know, the singles that are coming up today, like Fantasia. I mean, Fantasia to me is uh, Patty 2.0. Um, Kiki White could have been another, you know, Patty LaBelle uh, with a little bit better, you know, management and direction in her career. Uh, 
But that's that's what you aspire to do and to be in this in this genre. You know, she started out with a group, went solo, you know, had massive success as a as a group. Uh, an icon, iconic status as a solo singer, and she deserves all her flowers. So Patty LaBelle is on my Mount Rushmore singers, uh, as we like to say, OG, um, because she can do just about any genre. I mean, from rock and funk with LaBelle and um, gospel, R&B, uh, disco, she she does it all. And, you know, in addition to that, she just has this vibrant personality. And you can tell that she enjoys singing. Like, she really has fun performing. Um, I feel like, you know, she also, um, like, her personality just shines through. She's been very open about her personal life, her marriage, death of her sisters, um, her cooking, um, her close bonds with other, you know, singers, um, that she, you know, sort of came up in the industry with. And you can tell that she mentors a lot of the, the younger singers too. One singer that comes to mind is Fantasia. And you can see that Fantasia just, you know, whenever she does a tribute to Patty, she just embodies, you know, everything about her from the taking off the shoes to flapping her arms like wings. And of course, that that powerful voice. So let's talk about that powerful voice. Um, I think you all, you and the the R&B representatives brought up uh, this song on one of the episodes that you you did where you talked about my favorite song in her catalog, which is Love, Need and Want You. And her voice is so powerful that, you know, like you all said, it can often overpower the song. But with the great Gambling Huff and I think uh, Bunny Sigler wrote this song, they knew like how to temper that voice and to to get, for me, one of the, the greatest songs in her catalog. And they just took so much care and patience with this song. And they just let Patty go off at the end, right? And she's sort of like a like a stew or a gravy, like simmering. And then when you get to the end, it's it's like a you know, it's it's a good meal, it's a good dinner. Um I think you also talked about the same formula on Somebody Loves You Baby, right? Where she was really subdued, but then at the end she gave this, you know, super powerful voice. And, you know, Patty, she 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 has to do that because her voice is is so powerful that you, you know, you you want it to be kind of tempered, right? If you're if she's singing a ballad, especially. And for me, that ballads are like um that's like her sweet spot. That's her 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 niche to me. Right. Because, you know, she has some up tempo jams that, you know, um, I've liked. Um, I think right kind of lover um, music is my way of life where she's almost kind of rapping and she, she's it's a very bouncy, you know, disco song. Stir it up. 
But, you know, for me, I think those ballads are where she shines. And another one, another ballad that I love is um, Kiss Away the Pain, right? So, again, she's just, you know, giving you her all. And then towards the end, she, she knocks you out. And, you know, for me, again, that's what makes Patty uh, one of my top singers of all time.
two great voice notes preceded one of my four greatest ballads of all time. Both Michael and Simone did a phenomenal job breaking down the greatness of love, you need, you want, you, and the greatness of Patti LaBelle. Let me talk about Mike first. Mike, perfect example. One of the reasons why my mother didn't like Patti LaBelle at first was because she felt that she was a show-off in the way she sang. And one of the biggest examples was the night that there was a, a Showtime at the Apollo tribute. Not a Showtime at the Apollo tribute, but an Apollo tribute, period, that they showed on TV. And at the end of the show, you had an all-star cast of singers sing one of the biggest hits of that year, I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. And you had Diana Ross and Patti LaBelle next to each other. Diana Ross sings her uh, sings her lines, and then Patti steps up, and she blows Diana away. She blows everybody away. And you saw the look in Diana's eyes. Diana looked at Patti like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. I'm no match for her. Mike, what you said, Patty, when she was on stage, if she felt that you were her competitor, she blew you away. And she blew Diana out the fucking stage. It was, it was sad. If it was boxing, it would have been a third round knockout. Patty saying, I want to know what love is. And she tore it up. Diana is not a pimple on Patty's ass when it comes to vocal prowess. Now, I know Diana is the biggest star in the history of music. Diana was one of the biggest stars in the 1970s. Patty was never one of the biggest stars of any decade. Diana Ross had the biggest female group in the 1960s. She was one of the biggest solo stars in the 1970s. So, that I'll give Diana. But never in Diana's entire life could she sing on the level of a Patti LaBelle. And Patti LaBelle that night showed it. You can't fuck with Patti. If Patti wanted to, she'd blow you away like she did that night at the Apollo. Um, it wasn't until the next song I play on my own that my mother began to like Patti. Um, personal note that you uh, touched on about love, love, need, and want you. And I appreciate this, Mike. And I appreciate the listeners whenever they bear their souls and mention songs that played a pivotal role in their lives. Y'all don't have to do this. Y'all could just come on here and talk about how great the singer is and talk about your songs that you love. But you guys consistently bring the goods, whether it's a former relationship, whether it's the relationship you're in, whether it's something to do with your parents or your children. And Mike brought up how he was having difficulty in his marriage. And he played that song. He sent that song to his wife, Love, Need, and Want You. And it helped the healing process begin of whatever they were going through. It was probably Mike's fault. Mike's a fuck up. <laughs> I'm just joking, big man. I know how much you love your wife and daughters. <laughs> Once again, proof 
that music can heal hearts, heal relationships, heal bad feelings amongst people. It could soothe a savage beast. Hey, music has kept this crazy ass dude right here, the OG Rob Silver, has kept me in line throughout the majority of my life. If it wasn't for music, I don't know. I'd I'd be in a mental asylum standing upside down. <laughs> oh man. Thanks, thanks, thanks for sharing on Mike. Simone. Simone, you hit every nail on the head. And yes, Bunny Siegler and Kenneth Gamble wrote a masterpiece. And I want to mention this right right then and now. Philly International was struggling. The OJs were in a major slump. Teddy Pendergrass was no longer on the label after suffering his accident and then being released from CBS Records. They needed a new star. And... They replaced one Philly superstar in Teddy Pendergrass with another Philly superstar in Patti LaBelle. Patti signed on before Teddy had the accident, but once Teddy was out of the picture, unfortunately, someone had to step up and become the man, or in her case, the woman of the label, and that happened to be Patti LaBelle. Patti LaBelle stepped in, and while she didn't fully fit Teddy's shoes because there was no replacing Teddy Pendergrass. He was one of the sexiest men on the planet. Um, he was a sex symbol who could sing. Patty was a great singer, but no one ever looked at her as a sex symbol. And plus, she's a woman in a male-dominated genre. But she carried it. She carried that record label on her back until they parted ways and then after they parted ways philly international died a quick and southern death if man if only patty had been on the label if only patty had been on philly international without the labelle group without nona and well actually they broke up in 76, 77. So if Patty could have still had the success with Lady Marmalade and, and LaBelle, and then instead of going elsewhere, she should have went straight to Philly International. Just imagine the magic they could have done with her and Teddy at the top of the food chain from 77 to 82. Imagine if Teddy and Patty on that label would have done a duet. We know the magic Teddy did with Sharon Page and Stephanie Mills. Imagine the greatness that she could have done with Teddy Pendergrass, that Teddy Pendergrass could have done with Patti LaBelle. Man, well, revisionist history, we can't turn the clock back, but I think that uh, I wish there was a way that could have been made because Patty's Philly. She's homegrown. But I digress. Let's talk about what actually happened. Kenneth Gamble and Bunny Sigler, like I mentioned with Elise and JR on the R&B Representatives YouTube uh, show, which is available on YouTube, the one time I appeared, we broke this song down to a science, as Simone mentioned. We talked about how Bunny Sigler and Kenneth Gamble took 
Patty's phenomenal voice, powerful vocals, and they toned it down a little bit. Love You, Need You, Want You is a perfect song because Ted, I mean, Teddy, Patty doesn't oversing. She doesn't do like my mother used to call her, show off. She sings with a controlled power. And then when she has to, at the very end of the song, loving you, oh, at the very end of the song, she goes off. She goes off. When you need to go off. Patty was singing this song like she was a boxer who, for the first, let's say it's a 15-round fight. For the first 10 rounds, she utilized her footwork. She utilized her jab. She kept the power in check because she's building, she's building something. She's building up points. And then, beginning with the 11th round, she begins to connect with right crosses, left hooks. Hard body shots. She begins to pour it on. Because at the end of this song, she goes, Oh, you could always count on forever. You could always count on my love forever. Loving you, we want you, babe. Loving you, we need you, babe. You can always count on my love forever. But she kills it. Pardon me for my horrible singing, but you know, when I'm passionate about something, this, ladies and gentlemen, is on my Mount Rushmore ballad. It's a perfect ballad. It's a masterpiece. Only three other ballads, in my opinion, in the history of music are on this level. And I'm going to repeat it again. And this is the fourth and final one I've done on this podcast. Now, all four members of my Mount Rushmore ballads are available on this platform, are available to search through this podcast That is Adore by Prince In my opinion The greatest falsetto performance By a singer ever And that's saying a lot Because you've got to bring up Eddie Kendricks And Elder Barge in the nine But in my opinion Prince's Adore Blows away anybody else That's ever sung falsetto On a song Voyage to Atlantis By the Isley Brothers Ronald Isley Is just floating with that Smooth Seductive tenor And I broke that song down to a science On the Isley Brothers tribute But real quick To reiterate what I said It is the greatest song about making love Without being overt Without, Without being overt It's, you know You have to read between the lines The voyage to Atlantis Is the voyage to making love to this woman Oh man Masterpiece of a song Recently I did the Denise Williams Tribute Podcast And the third member of my Mount Rushmore I broke it down on air You're all that matters to me Denise sings with the voice of an angel You light my cigarette Oh my goodness And love you, need you, want you If I want a woman to sing a song to me And my lady can sing right? She tried to be a professional singer 16 years ago Didn't work out but she could sing Fellas If you want a woman to sing to you You couldn't ask for two greater songs Then you're all that matters And love you Love, need and want you Because both of those songs Are the epitome of women 
singing about their unconditional love for their man, for their men. All right, enough, uh, enough platitudes about this amazing song. Baby, I want, baby, I need. You can always count on my love forever. Oh, and uh, to share a personal note about this song, not the song, but a sample that was used. My son was 11 years old when Nelly and Kelly Rowland's Dilemma came out, and him and I are in, are in my living room watching, in our living room at the time, I was still living in the South Bronx with my son and and I had moved in my I had moved my mother in three years prior when my father had passed away. But um, my son and I are watching music videos on BET on TV, and Dilemma comes on, and you know Patty's clowning. She's like, "Nelly, uh, Kelly, get your ass upstairs, right?" And she starts singing, and my my son's like, "Who's that old lady?" And I tell my son, Peter. She sang the song they're sampling. What Kelly's going, Nelly, I love you. Nelly, I need you. And then what I used to love about uh, when stuff like that happened, and it happened all the time when Kanye West came out, I'd play my song, my son, the original song that the song was sampled from, and then he'd be like, oh, wow, that's a great song. Once again, not only can music heal you, but music can educate you. Educate you, especially when rappers, MCs, or even contemporary urban R&B soul singers are using samples from yesteryear. Okay, enough uh, kissing this song's ass. We're going to hear... My, but speaking of Philly, I can't have a Patty LaBelle tribute podcast without having a, a voice note from a Philly native. So we're going to listen to the boy, uh, my man Sugar Rob Hill. Then we're going to hear my brother from Africa, M. Dube. They're going to talk about the greatness of Patty LaBelle, how, uh, the greatness of On My Own. I'm going to play On My Own, and then I'm going to take us back to the days. The time, the month, the year that this song came out on the other side. Yo, Yezo from Philly, what's going on? We back again doing this one for Miss Patti LaBelle, one of the true icons, you know, of Philadelphia sound and Philadelphia music. Thanks for having me once again, OG. Um, Miss Patti, man, I don't know where we start, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's funny because I was saying, you, you know, What's that, Lady Mermaid? You, you know what I mean? People do that song on American Idol. You know, each year, you, you know, somebody who think they the soul, you, you know, person of the year, they come out and do that song, man. And it's just a tribute to, like, her greatness. Cause that was way back in the 70s, I believe, um, when that song came out. You know, it was crazy because my introduction to Patti LaBelle was back in the day. Remember I told y'all on the... Um, the Father's Day podcast, my pop used to get the 10-day, um, I mean, 10-game 76er plans, you know. So this was, I think, 84, you know, and we were at the game, and it was Dr. J's birthday. 
and Patty the Bell came and sang um, Happy Birthday to the Doc, yo. It was one of them performances, you know, from Patty where she just overdid it. You know what I'm saying? The doc was sitting there like, you know, come on now. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of them Jones. I'm trying to tell you, I was like nine years old. And I was like, this Patty the Bell? You know what I'm saying? This the one that they all talking about. You know what I'm saying? And she went out there and oversang Happy Birthday, Dr. J. Trust me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, further on, you know, um, discovering her. Like, I attribute her a lot to, like, um, Saturday morning cleaning the house and, like, just being in the car with my parents and stuff when they had to make their runs on the weekends, on the Saturdays and stuff. You, you, you know, um, she had them great songs, man. Like I said, that joint, like, listen, think about that joint from Beverly Hills Cop. I think it's Stir It, Stir It, Stir It, Stir It Up. You know what I mean? There you go. You know what I'm saying? Um, just think about that song. That's when Eddie get to Beverly Hills. You know what I'm saying? He laughing at the two cats walking down the street wearing the, the, the leather Michael Jackson Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that song is synonymous with that movie. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that movie is as iconic as it is without that song being a part of it. And that's from Patti LaBelle, man. You, you, you know, and um, like I said, she was doing things, man. You, you know, because I, I was listening to um, a while ago. Malcolm Jamal Warner, he did the first interview on The Breakfast Club when they changed their setup. And he was talking about his show, but he was talking about the, the one before that was Patti LaBelle, Joan. You know, and I think it had um, Lauren Hill on that, Joan. You got to look at the cast that it had on there. I think it had Omar Epps. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure. I'm I'm doing all this, you know what I'm saying, off of memory. I ain't looking. I'm not looking none of this up. So I'm not, you know, I just don't hold me accountable for any little, you know, thing. But Miss Patty, you know what I'm saying? She was doing a thing back then, acting, you know what I'm saying? The songs, you know what I'm saying? When I came up in the 90s, you, I mean, I mean, 80s and 90s, you know what I'm saying? Um, the joint with Michael McDonald, you know what I'm saying? On my own. Them songs, like I said, I used to hear in the car with my parents all the time. You know what I mean? They were always on the radio, WDAS. You know, back in the day with Butterball and, and um, Patty Jackson playing them songs, man. Patty Bell, definitely, you know what I mean? You are my friend. You, 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 you know, them songs, man, like I said, back then, man, was was just synonymous with the times of being with my parents or either cleaning, listening to them jump. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but she's definitely, like I said, in the top Philadelphia five, you know, the Mount Rushmore. It, you know, I probably got um, Teddy Pendergrass right there, Billy Paul on that list, me and Mrs. Jones, you know what I'm saying? Um, Hall of Notes, you know what I'm saying? I'm considering them as one. You know, and then five, that five spot, you know, you got George Benson, you know what I'm saying? You got Eve out there, you know, it, it, Jill Scott, you know what I'm saying? We see how all that play out, you know what I'm saying? Um, but Miss Patty, you know, even them, even them sweet potato pies, yo, trust me, she can definitely cook as well because I did the recipe for the um, collard greens with the mustard, mustard greens, came out good, you know what I'm saying? And them pies from Walmart, them Jones, I mean, for store pies, they was okay. You know I mean? They was good money, yo. She definitely, um, you, you know, did a thing on that with them recipes and stuff. So, Miss Patty is loved here in Philly, you know what I'm saying? She's one of the, you know, iconic, um, they call her what, the, the, the godmother of soul, you know, um, 
she's one of a kind. Um, thanks for having me, y'all. Um, peace from Philly. You know, until we speak again. One. Paddy Labelle, known as one of the biggest divas in music history. When she rose prominence in the 60s as the leader of Paddy Labelle and the Bluebells, everybody knew she was about to be a big deal. To me, she is like the most powerful voice among women singers of all time. And songs like Lady Marmalade are test of that. She has a lot of hits, such as You Are My Friend, If Only You Knew, Love Need, and Want You, who was later a sample on Dilemma from Kelly Rowland and Nelly. And then, she scores numero number one hit albums. Uh, her favorite hit of hers uh, her, my favorite song of hers, sorry, is a duet with Michael McDonald on my home. She was a trailblazer. She is a trailblazer. Like her influence is second to none in the world. She has over fifty million sold. This shows you how big she is. Yeah.
First and foremost, I want to thank uh, Sugar Rob and Mdumbe for always giving me uh, valuable, valuable voice notes and contributions to the podcast. First and foremost, Rob, let me correct you on Patti LaBelle. And by the way, Patti is an underrated actress. I fucking loved Patti on A Different World. I'll talk more about that later on in the podcast. But the show you were referring to, Rob Hill, is Out All Night, which came on, like uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner was correct, came on Saturday nights on NBC in the fall of 92. Both shows were canceled after maybe three, four months. I loved Out All Night. But Out All Night was not Omar Epps and it wasn't Lauren Hill. It was Vivica Fox. Who played Patti LaBelle's daughter Morris Chestnut Who played the manager of the club Patti LaBelle owned And Dwayne Martin As Morris Chestnut's best friend Pain in the ass Um, Every episode ended With a contemporary Soul artist Singing You had guest appearances by Bobby Brown Boys to Men It was the Jodeci, um, it was the hottest groups at the time performing on that show. Loved that show. NBC didn't give it a chance. It didn't give Here and Now, the Malcolm Jamal Warner show, a chance. I loved Here and Now. Here and Now was Malcolm Jamal Warner in a Bill Cosby produced show that was a quasi spinoff of the Cosby show that had just ended. The spring of 92 Now In The Cosby show Theo Played by Malcolm Jamal Warner Graduates from 
NYU and becomes a manager of a community center. And here and now, they changed the name. I think it would have been more successful had it been a direct spinoff, like A Different World was with Lisa Bonet at first, if it would have been the Theo Huxtable show, instead of changing uh, Malcolm Jamal's character to a different character, but basically the same person. He's running a community center in Harlem. And by the way, uh, Rob, if I'm not mistaken, Omar Epps played a thug in the pilot episode of Here and Now. It was also the introduction of most deaf Yasmin Bey. It was the first time I ever saw him act was on episodes of um, Here and Now. And if I'm not mistaken... His girlfriend was played by Essex Atkins. All right, you know, throwing, throwing it out there. I love the show. I love that show. Neither show was given a chance by NBC. They were canceled less than six months after going on the air. I mean, Saturday nights. They, it was canceled on Saturday nights. And then um, it was, what was it? it? I think it was a foreshadowing of things to come because... At one point in time, NBC Saturday Nights was huge business. Empty Nest, The Golden Girls. This was a time of transition, and soon after, Saturday Nights no longer became must-see TV on any network. It became filler program. And I wish Here and Now and Out All Night would have been given an opportunity. I love those two programs, two shows that, weren't given a chance And those shows would have come out today They'd probably succeed with all the streaming apps And different networks and so forth Also Bill Cosby was the executive producer And creator of this show He should have made it a spin-off Of the Cosby show It should have been Theo Oxtable Not a, a, a different name A different character With a different set of parents They didn't even show his parents He had a godfather that he would uh uh, or an uncle that, or something that he was coming to see it. That, but that 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 aside, I love the show. I love the camaraderie between all the young black actors on that program, and the show wasn't given a chance. Out all night was ahead of his time too. You know, a, a sitcom based in a nightclub, and it Patty Patty was phenomenal on that show. It was Morris Chestnut right after he had done Boys in the Hood, a year after he did Boys in the Hood. And Vivica Fox had just come off being on the black soap opera Generations, where she played uh, the love interest. Uh, what's my man's name? Um, the brother killed himself. Uh, Christoph St. John. Debbie Morgan was on Generations. But that's another story for another day. Uh, shout out to my brother Donald Peebles out there, one of the great black soap opera historians on the planet, if not the number one black soap opera historian on the planet, um, writing a book on the history of um, soap operas, black, blacks and soap operas. When that book comes out, I will have him on this podcast, and we will be talking about the legends of black soap opera actors and Talk in a review of his book at the same time Alright On to On My Own 
this song has a special place in my heart because this song came out the final two weeks of my high school career, my high school life. I was grad when I graduated from high school on June 27, 1986. This was the number one song in the country. And when my father drove me to my graduation with my mother that day, the song was on the radio. And then when we came back, the song was on the radio again. <laughs> That's how pop this song was massive. It was the number four song of 1986. It hit number one on the Billboard charts. It hit number one on the R&B charts. It was the biggest hit. Of both Patti LaBelle and her duet partner, Michael McDonald's career, period. And that's saying a lot because both Michael McDonald and Patti LaBelle have had storied, legendary careers. Now, I mentioned how her and Bobby Womack had, had Love Has Finally Come At Last. You had the powerful baritone and the powerful soprano get together. Same thing here. Michael McDonald, a baritone. His voice matched perfectly with Patti LaBelle's soprano. And they sang their asses off so many times. Oh, the back and forth is brilliant. My favorite line in the song. And Michael McDonald goes, uh, let me make sure I get this right. Because I love this part. Uh. So many promises never should be spoken. Now I know what loving you cost. Now we're up to talking divorce. And we weren't even married. This was one of the songs that helped heal me when I broke up with my ex-girlfriend Vonette the first time back in 2016. Every time this... A line came up, and we weren't even married. And then there was another line that Michael sang in this song that would always send chills up my spine after we broke up. But I had to look. Whenever I go through a bad breakup or whenever my heart is broken, I'm a glutton for punishment. I listen to heartbreak songs over and over again. And I listen to this song all the time. Was I mean, what's, what's the... Oh... When Michael McDonald goes, I don't want to live without you. <laughs> Before that, you walked out there, you walked out and there went my life. I don't want to live without you. Oh, Michael McDonald. Oh. Losing you it cut like a knife. Oh, man. Let me go. Let me go back because Michael McDonald's. This is the most powerful lyrics of the song. So many times, I know I could have told you, losing you would cut like a knife. You walked out and there went my life. I don't wanna live without you. Oh man! And then, Patty, on my own, I got to learn to be strong. I never dream I'd spend one night on bomb and they go back and forth by myself by myself. Oh, this is a perfect song. Perfect song. 
I have to do my Mount Rushmore of heartache ballads. I've never done that. This would be a contender, along with um, When Will I See You Again by The Three Degrees, Love TKO by Teddy Pendergrass. There's so many. When Will I See You Smile Again by uh, 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 Bell Biv DeVoe. I have to narrow it down. But it's on the short list. It's in contention for my uh, Mount Rushmore of Heartache Ballads. Another masterpiece of a song written by Burt Bacharach and his wife at the time. Originally written for Dionne Warwick. But you know what? I'm glad Dion didn't do it. Because, you know, I know my father loved Dionne Warwick with a passion. And Burt Bacharach wrote hit after hit for Dionne Warwick. And she did record this song. I never heard that version. But after hearing what Patty and Michael McDonald did with that version, I don't want to hear anybody else's version. And Dion, I got nothing but love for you because, you know, you were the one woman other than my m mother that my father loved. <laughs> I don't want to live without you. Coming up next is my Baltimore brethren, Tevin. He's going to talk about the magic of Patti LaBelle. He's going to talk about the magic of If You Asked Me To. We're going to talk all about it on the other side. Philadelphia's own Patti LaBelle, a true legend. A lot of people don't usually refer to her when they talk about stars that started in a group and really broke out and became superstars, you know, like the... Diana Rosses, the Lionel Richies, the Beyonce's, but you know, Patti LaBelle is also one of them who started off in a really good group and just once she broke out, she became a superstar. The one thing I always loved about Patti LaBelle, you know, other than, you know, her stage performances, she's always, you know, really turned up and really gives her all. The one thing, and I'm, I have to admit this, I'm really partial to female singers you know i'm i'm a huge fan of r&b and soul but i really really love and prefer female singers her ability to make those type of songs and put that type of passion into her songs whereas though she really dedicates them to a man and really makes a man feels good is really one of my huge 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 uh things that i really love about her songs like if you ask me to love need and want you right kind of lover those are those type of songs that really really make a man feel good and when you have that type of ability as a woman to make a man feel good in a song like that it's truly truly special to me i mean what else can you say about Patti labelle just a hall of fame worthy career i know recently she got into some controversy about you know, not really knowing the Tina Turner lyrics at uh, the BET Awards. Well, a lot of people, when you turn 79 years old, let's see how much you remember. So don't give Miss Patty too much flack about that. You know, she has her own song lyrics to remember. When you get to 80, you'll see how great your memory is. I love Patty LaBelle. I love everything she's done in the music industry. I love... The sweet potato pies that she came out with that everybody was in a frenzy about a few years ago. So, Patti LaBelle still looks great, still going strong, 
love you, Miss Patty. And uh, hope everybody else enjoys this tribute. Thank you. Stay here in your arms forever. 
Tevin and I both share an appreciation and love for female soul singers. My favorite genre, also Tevin, my favorite singers of my favorite genre are female singers like Patti LaBelle, like Shaka Khan, like Stephanie Mills, like Anita Baker, like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Keisha Cole, Mary J. Blige, that sing heart-wrenching ballads, Sade, the list is endless, and of course, Phyllis Hyman, who we'll be talking about in a couple of months, the list is endless. I love female singers because in my opinion, Tevin, female soul singers bring out heartache and pain better than male soul singers. And not to say that inherently they're better, but I think because women, especially black women, have suffered so much throughout the throughout their lifetimes that the talented few like a Whitney, like a Mariah, like a Mary, like a Patty, like a Shaka, when they sing a song about their heart being blasted, being torn to shreds, the greatest men cannot come close to the greatest women when expressing that pain. But the song you brought up, It's also an unconditional love song. If you ask me to, which I played after your voice note, which also was covered by the legendary Celine Dion. If you ask me to. And Celine Dion being one of only two singers I've heard Tevin do justice to a Patti LaBelle song when covered. This song masterfully sung by Patti. Trying to make sure that I give the proper respect. Because in like you said, Tevin, and if you ask me to, Patti sings with all the heart and soul. Of her love for the man she's singing about. And at this point in time, I still think it's her husband Armstead. I think whenever Patty is singing passionately about unconditional love for the man she loves, whether it's whether it's uh Love Need Want You, whether it's if you ask me to, I believe. She is singing for the love of her husband. Another great song written by the legendary pop songwriter, Diane Warren. Diane Warren has written, has written legendary pop songs for artists like Monica, of course, uh, Mary J. Blige, and uh, the great, Patti LaBelle What those singers have done These female great vocalists Like Patti Like Monica Like Mary They've turned a pop song That Diane Warren wrote for them Into a phenomenal soul ballad And that's what Patti did with If You Ask Me To And when you hear the lyrics of the song This is her 
after getting a heartbroken. You could even make a claim that this could be the sequel to On My Own. I said I never let nobody near my heart again, darling. I said I never let nobody in. But if you ask me to, I just might change my mind and tell and and let you win my life forever if you ask me to. I just give I just might give my heart and stay here in your arms forever if you ask me to the next the next set of verses she really takes it up another notch somehow ever since I've been around you can't go back to being on my own there you go the sequel right there I always said this was the sequel without realizing that On My Own was in the lyrics. Everything comes full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Somehow, ever since I've been around you, can't go back to being on my own. On my own. One second. Can't go back to being on my own. Can't help feeling, darling, since I found you, that I found my home, that, I find, that I'm finally home. I said I... Never let nobody get too close to me, darling. I said I never needed needed to be free if you. But if you ask me to, I just might change my mind. The man that she's singing to is breaking down that wall. She is falling in love. She is willing, after years of being on my own. Willing to give love a second chance. Tevin, once again, I appreciate you, big man. Look, for those who... I don't do spaces. I don't ever go on spaces on Twitter. But my understanding is Brother Tevin has a great Twitter spaces that he does on a weekly basis where he breaks down classic music. So uh, his Twitter handle is... At C-H-E-A-M-A-N-E C-H-E-A-M-A-N-E Follow him on Twitter Check out his spaces Cause look dudes that I fuck with Dudes that I Whose musical knowledge and love I respect Tell me that he does a phenomenal job I try to stay off the spaces I stay I've never been to one space while I've been on Twitter since the spaces have been around um, I just haven't Look, I'm 55 years old and a old curmudgeon you know, I'm setting my way, some things I won't do But give the brother a follow If you're into conversing with a See, I don't play nice I don't like talking to multiple sets of people at the same time Cause I'm an ornery son of a bitch, son of a bitch. But <laughs> for those who like that sort of thing, who like to engage with other people, my understanding is he's a great moderator. He's a great host. So go check him out. And Patty killed the original version, and the legendary Celine Dion did the same. This song, that song, helped make her a superstar, along with Beauty and the Beast. With Peebo Bryson, one of the songs I will cover when I do get to Peebo's, um, what you call it, Peebo's uh, musical tribute podcast. 
The next voice note you hear is from my Canadian Jamaican brother. Or is it Jamaican Canadian? I'm going to say my Jamaican Canadian brother who blessed us with a beautiful tribute to his father on the Father's Day tribute podcast. We're going to listen to him talk about the greatness of Patti LaBelle. We're going to play one of Patti's greatest ballads, Somebody Loves You Baby. And we'll talk about it on the other side. I don't know if Rob was watching my Twitter conversation with a gentleman named Rayshon Coleman online when he asked me to lay a few things down about Pied Bell, but I thought it was pretty cool that he came to me this morning and asked. Um, I had just finished uh, watching the movie, the James Bond movie, um, License to Kill, a couple of days ago. And Pied LaBelle sings the outro, obviously at the end of the movie. And she sings, If You Ask Me To. And that's obviously my favorite rendition of that song. Some people may have Celine Dion as the one who did a better job. But we all know that when it comes to the godmother of soul, Miss Pied LaBelle, that her range and her power is is basically unmatched and after watching that movie and you know making sure that I heard her song at the end credits I had to go through her discography once again and I was not disappointed I do remember when I was in maybe it was 17 or 16 I don't know maybe 18 she had a song called the right kind of lover and it was very popular at the time. I thought that, although her voice was popular, I thought that she was a younger singer. Um, me being ignorant, because a lot of the songs back then, you know, was a lot of hip-hop, a lot of R&B and all that. And, you know, it was, you know, it was popular. And I heard it over and over again on the radio. Not to realize that as I got older that, you know, that was Pia LaBelle in her 50s. It just goes to show you her range and her ability to adapt in every decade uh, since her coming up with the group LaBelle, Pine LaBelle and the Bluebells. They're excellent, excellent songs in the early 70s. Nobody can forget Gonna Take a Miracle. And we also can't forget that album Pressure Cooker. Those songs, in my opinion, kind of kick-started uh, the disco. Uh, they're the way that they dressed. I know that there was definitely some influence watching um, the uh, one of the King of Rocks. Um, his name evades me right now. Little Richard, sorry. Little Richard. And the way that they, they dressed, the way that they performed. Obviously, LaBelle being the lead singer and being the center of that. And just obviously the ability to go on her own and, you know, release songs like It's Alright With Me and, you know, other songs like Your Arms. Sorry, I'm In Love Again. That's the one I meant. I know that she did a, I know that she did a, well, Rob would know this better than me. She was on a Broadway musical. I think it was Your Arms Are Too Short to Box With God. I thought that was powerful. Anybody who has not seen that, they can go. Maybe I think they can find that on YouTube. 
but this is a woman that has stood the test of time uh, musically you guys need to add her into that top five her range her voice uh, she sung a strong soprano and you don't get that these days at all that's you know that's something that you can't teach that is something that you're born with and for all those again uh, you know we're we're older and we're sometimes we tend to listen to the newer things or we we you know we obviously have our playlists but i would encourage all those who are listen to this um this tribute to Patti LaBelle to go back through her older discography and especially her beginnings as part of the group LaBelle. We've plenty of us have forgotten about that. I think that you should try and uh, revive that and take some time whenever you get the chance to go through those songs because they're great. And as this being July 4th, I'm in Canada. We had Canada Day on July 1st. So to my American brothers and sisters, Rob especially, enjoy the day. Be safe. Take care.
Once again, I want to thank uh, my Jamaican-Canadian brother, Jermaine, for giving such a well-thought-out, thorough voice note. One of the classiest brothers I've ever met on social media. Great father, great son, great husband, great friend. He talked about the greatness of Patti LaBelle. And no better song to describe this, her greatness then somebody loves you baby somebody loves you baby continues patty's incredible music when she's singing about the love of the man in her life once again i'm always thinking these are love songs that other writers wrote for patty and that patty Channeled her love for her husband Armstead This is 1990-91 They're still married He's still her manager So things Are probably still Going ahead And things are still strong In their marriage In their union Somebody loves you baby the first Grammy Patti LaBelle won was for her around this time period. She shared it with Lisa Fisher. How can I ease the pain, Lisa Fisher? Lisa Fisher made one album and went back to being a, a backup singer. Lisa Fisher was such, such an incredible talent. Backup singer for the Rolling Stones and, of course, Luther Vandross. She made that one great album, that one great classic song, How Can I Ease the Pain? And then she went back to being a backup singer. Her and Patty, and that might be the only time, best vocal performance by a female soul singer, they shared the Grammy. The first of only, I think, Patty's only won two Grammys criminal in her career. One of them being a tie. And I remember watching that Grammy Awards with uh, my son's mother This was right before she gave birth And uh, my mother And my mother and I were shocked That we actually saw a tie for an award Never saw that at an Oscars Or Grammys or Tonys or Emmys You saw it that night So it can happen Somebody loves you baby Reminds me of If you ask me to Reminds me of 
uh, If Only You Knew, in which Patty sings with a controlled passion, with a con- con- controlled strength. Because we all know Patty can go off when she wants to, when she doesn't have to. But Bunny Siegler, who wrote Love Need Want You with Kenneth Gamble, wrote, wrote Somebody Loves You, Baby. And like him and Kenneth Gamble did with Love Need Want You, they were able to have Patty sing with a controlled passion. Well, Kenneth Gamble wasn't involved in this song, Bunny Sigler. Had another uh, songwriting partner. But Bunny Sigler accomplished the same thing. He got the most out of Patty without Patty having to go super strong, super explosive throughout the whole song. You know who it is. I am under your spell. This song is a magnificent song. It's a beautiful song. Look at some of the lyrics on this song. When she goes, it happened so suddenly. I woke up one morning with you on my mind. No matter what I did, couldn't stop thinking about you. Want an instant replay of yesterday. When I hear this, when I hear these lyrics, I think they consummated their relationship. They consummated their romance the night before or the day before for the first time. They made love for the first time. And so she woke up with him on her mind. Then she goes, somebody loves you, baby. You know who it is. I'm under your spell. I don't want to break free. You can make a slave out of me. Oh, my God. This is deep. Bunny Siegler. I worship you and nobody else. I pledge to my love to you forever, forever, forever. Oh, my goodness. The messenger is Bunny Siegler. Well, actually, no. The messenger is Patti LaBelle. The person who wrote the message was Bunny Siegler. Bunny Siegler got out of Patti LaBelle two incredible ballads. Love need want you and somebody loves you baby I mean you can make a slave out of me I worship you and nobody else I pledge my love to you forever Man Patty sang unconditional love songs As well as anybody on the same level as of Anita Baker Shaka Khan with so much passion and the control of what I consider the greatest vocal power in the history of female soul singers. I don't want to argue with anybody. I know you're going to say Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Phyllis Hyman, Tina Marie, in my opinion. The number one. Female vocalists When it comes To vocal prowess When it comes to strength of a voice When it comes to doing whatever she wants to do 
It's Patricia Holt, better known as Patty LaBelle. Somebody loves you, baby. Oh, oh, oh. Whatever you give me, I give it to you back. All the love you'll ever need, I'll give it to you forever for all men. Fellas, I think for a woman to uh, show you that they are totally devoted to you, they have to sing a song like this. Or if you ask me to, or love need want you. If you ask me to, love need want want you, and somebody loves you, baby. Are three of the greatest unconditional love songs ever sung. All three songs are a prime example of not only the passion and emotion that Patty sings with, but the incredible. Range of her singing voice I don't think In the history of soul music There has ever been a female singer With a greater range Than Patricia Hope Also known as Patti LaBelle Next up we're going to hear my brother My nephew Jay Baby Is From Twitter Talk about the greatness of Patti LaBelle And talk about A, a gospel song that was also on the same album as Somebody Loves You Baby. The album that led to her only Grammy win at that point in time. That song being When You've Been Blessed Feels Like Heaven. We'll talk all about it on the other side. Hi, how's everybody doing? It's Jay. Once again, I am back. Courtesy of Rob Silver, my uncle. <laughs> and the Legends of Sports and Music podcast. He has invited me, summoned me, to talk about the great Patti LaBelle. Now, as far as me coming to know about Patti LaBelle, uh, that's one of those people that's been around the entire time I've been breathing. Like, meaning, I've always known who she was, even as a little kid. She's always been around. But me really noticing her, first came when I was watching a different world and as a little as a kid up until I say my early teenage years that's when I watched a different world I was probably about 12 or 13 I was always in the entertainment I was like always in the TV stuff like that so I eventually ran into um, a different world watching Patti LaBelle play Dwayne Wade's mama so that's my introduction to physically seeing Patty LaBelle, right? Now, as I got older and I really, really started to, I don't really call it studying, I call it seeking out, you know, music and what I really like and what I'm really into, into how I um, approach new music now. New music as far as new to me, you know what I mean? And, you know, I eventually run into Patty LaBelle and, you know, you study her a little bit and you read up on her a little bit watch documentaries and you know she got her start in a group you know the um patty patty labelle and the bluebells at first and they later changed it to the labelles and the hit they got after many tries the one hit they got uh lady mama lady right which i think is an amazing song 
But as for me, if we just talk about Patti LaBelle, the vocalist, on her own, the thing that amazes me about Patti LaBelle is her range is out of control. Like, <laughs> like her range is out of this world. She could go anywhere with that voice. She can go anywhere. Like it, 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 it's amazing to me. And a lot of people say, or I hear rather, a lot of people say she she do a lot of screaming. She does a lot of screaming, but I don't look at that as screaming. Like it is, I can see why someone would say that, and it's kind of true, but. I look at it like it's passion. She's a passionate singer. You can clearly hear it from the moment you hear her voice. She's a passionate singer, right? And, you know, songs walk around heaven and it feels like heaven. You know, when you've been blessed, rather. When you've been blessed, it feels like heaven. So, that right there, that's gospel. And anybody that knows Patti LaBelle knows that's where she comes from gospel so when she's singing a gospel song you know she's talking about God she's talking about the Lord that passion is going to exude through that particular track when it comes to songs like that I don't think there's very few that could stand toe to toe with Patti LaBelle when it comes to a gospel song like those two songs I just mentioned no words I'm going to just I'm going to leave that part at that but um as far as me personally, I like her ballads. I really, really, really love her ballads. The up tempo songs to me, I, I hate that I do this, but I'm being honest. Here. The, <laughs> the up tempo songs to me, just to me personally, they're okay. I just don't think how my ears at least absorb her. It just doesn't. I don't think they it fits well. On up tempo tracks, not to me, not not too much. Like I said, they're okay, cause she's she's singing the track, like she's killing the track vocally. I just I don't know them, them two, like up tempo and Patty LaBelle just does not go right, not to me, man, not too much. But her ballads, she like everybody loves, um, or everybody I know loves. If you only knew, but my favorite song is Love Me and Want You. I, I I can play that song all night long, all day long. To me, that song just reminds me of you sitting by a campfire. Not a campfire. If, you, if you're in a fireplace, right? If you're sitting, sitting by a fireplace, and whether you're drinking tea, whether you're drinking wine, and, you know, you're just chilling out. And for me, that's one of those songs I can just turn on and just think. I kind of like I'm making it sound like it's used as background music, but not really. What it does is the song it just takes me somewhere and I'm just able to, you know, just sit back and reflect on whether it be reflecting on things I've been through, whether it be reflecting on future things. I'm a real like daydreamer kind of, so I like sit and zone out and just have wild daydreams. Or, I don't know, that song just. That particular song just does something to me. But Patty LaBelle, the vocalist, is, is, is top notch. It's it's whatever whatever positive euphemism you can use, please attach that to Patty LaBelle. And once again, her range, 
is out of this world. But that's my soliloquy on this packing the bell. Uh, forgive me if y'all hear that noise, by the way. It's hot in this room. It's hot in New York, so this AC's on. But <laughs> thank you, thank you, everybody for listening to me. Thank you, Rob, once again, for letting me get on and talk about music. And I could do this all day. I appreciate you more than you know. To everybody that's listening, to everybody that's participating, and to everybody out there. Hope y'all have a great day. Hope y'all have a great week. Peace. Yeah.
before I talk about when you've been when you feel blessed when you've been how was the how you say the name of the song when you've been blessed feels like heaven before I talk about when you've been blessed want to comment on a couple of things Jay Jay said first and foremost I loved Patti LaBelle on a different world she was a breath fresh of air a fresh breath of air my bad every time she appeared on the program as Dwayne Wayne's mama she was great and the chemistry with her and Diane Carroll the woman who played Whitley's mother was phenomenal at first when they were at adversaries and at the very end of the series when they became damn near best of friends Patty brought a motherly presence to whatever show she appeared on whether it was out all night or of course the great movie the great series a different world my all-time favorite sitcom black or white it's my favorite sitcom of all time and the chemistry she had with the actor that played her husband. I forgot the brother's name. Not only he did he play Kadeem Hardison's father in A Different World. He played Kadeem Hardison's father in The Sixth Man. Going to show you that my theory that a Hollywood actor's entire filmography is a continuum of their entire career. It's just a continuum of the same character. <laughs> oh, man. Check me out on Twitter with the search True Hollywood Story Part 1, Part 2, whatever. I've written over 40 continuums where I take an actor like a Kadeem Hardison and I combine three or four of his roles and make it as one story. And with Kadeem Hardison, I did three, I did three vehicles. Uh, the movie Rapping, the movie wrapping, school days in a different world. I put all three together and made it one story. Check it out. I even got a podcast on it. It's called, uh, what's it called? The Hitman Chronicles True Hollywood Story on all the podcast uh, platforms out there. So check it out. You've got the written version on Twitter, True Hollywood Story. And you've got the audio version, including clips of all the shows involved, including some theme, theme music as well from, the, from those shows or movies. So check it out if you're interested. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll give you the links. All right. Back to Jay's voice note. And then talking about the great song, When You've Been Blessed. Great song. Great song, magnificent song, and everything comes full circle. I always say in life, things come full circle. When You've Been Blessed was written by the, by the former members of LaBelle. Sarah Dash, Nona Hendricks, and of course, Patti LaBelle. They co-wrote this song, and then Patti gives an incredible gospel rendition of when you've been blessed Why does everything come full circle I started this uh, Episode With the very first song She released As a hit You are my friend After she left Sarah and Nona That was a gospel Inspired gospel flavored song So in 
1977, you are my friend. 1991, when you've been blessed. It was, uh, it was beautiful to see LaBelle reunite after their falling out 14 years prior. And from that point on, they would perform periodically, time to time, on stage together as special tributes, special TV programs, whatever. Um, it was great. And um, Patty had a long time feud with Diana Ross. Recently, she went on the Jennifer Hudson Show. And by the way, if you have never watched the Jennifer Hudson Show, shame on you. It's the greatest talk show I've seen in forever. Jennifer Hudson is a phenomenal talk show host. She gets so much out of legends like Shaka Khan and Patti LaBelle. And they feel comfortable sitting down and talking with them. And then eventually, you get to hear her sing with these legends. She pays homage to those before her. With her talk show Shaka I mean Shaka Patty said That her and Diana Are friends now and, and there's no animosity anymore Even though at one point in time There was Animosity All stemming back From that performance I mentioned earlier Of uh, <laughs> What's that foreign song I wanna sh I wanna know What love is <laughs> No one No woman Can get on stage And compete With Patty's vocals I remember almost 20 years ago, Oprah Winfrey hosted a luncheon or, or a day with great female, black female singers from, from yesterday, today, right? And you had legends. And everybody began to sing. You had Mariah. You had Shaka. You had all these legends. The list is endless. Patty outshined them all as she always does. Patty LaBelle, Patricia Holt, was and is a once in a lifetime talent. Of all the women I've ever heard in my life sing, and like my brother Tevin, I love female singers more than I love male singers. No one had the power of the vocal cords, the vocal prowess that I've ever heard or seen like a Patti LaBelle. And that's saying a lot because the list is endless of great vocalists, great female vocalists. I've covered the vast majority of them on this platform. I've done shows on multiple shows on Mariah, did a show on Woody, did a show on Shaka, did a show on Stephanie Mills, Tina Marie, Aaliyah, Mary J. Blige. Sade, several episodes on Sade. List is endless. This episode is very near and dear to my heart because I finally get to talk about the woman I feel has the greatest vocals, the greatest voice, just vocally singing in the history of soul music and by extension, music period. Jay, thank you again. We're going to play one last voice note and one last song. My shy town brother, LL, has a voice note about Patti LaBelle, about the greatest of Patti LaBelle. We will play If You Don't Know Me By Now. Quick story about If You Don't Know Me By Now. When we first, when my mother and I first heard this song on the Quiet Storm, WBLS Radio hosted 
show hosted by Vaughn Harper, that was the first time my mother started fucking with Patti LaBelle. Because If You Don't Know Me By Now was her favorite Harold Melvin song because that song related deeply concerning her relationship with my father. My mother used to always play that Harold Melvin song saying, Silver, Sylvania, if you don't know me by now, you'll never know me. She heard Patty do this live version that I'm about to play, and she was impressed. She was like, wow, Patty is expressing how I feel more than Teddy because it's coming from a female perspective. And when my mother heard On My Own, that's when she said, no, she's a great singer. Um, she doesn't have to show off. And in those two songs, she didn't show off. She sang with all the emotion that my mother loves to hear female singers sing with. What I've always loved to hear female singers sing with. Next week, I believe the show will be on mint condition. I have to double check. I'm not sure right now. If it's not mint condition, it'll be the whispers. Next week, it will be the Legends of Sports and Music. the sports and music tribute will be on the whispers or mint condition. And also, you're going to have a couple of bonus shows this month that I haven't mentioned before. You got documentaries on Will Chamberlain and Steph Curry. I'm going to review both for this platform. So, the month of July just begun. I'm recording this on July 7th. Multiple Legends of Sports and Music programs this month. You've got... Men Condition, Whispers, Will Chamberlain, Steph Curry, BBD, and Ralph Tresvon as one whole episode. So buckle up your seatbelts, lay back, be prepared as you hear the ramblings of the OG Rob Silver talk about my love and my passion for these great athletes, these great singers. Until next week. Whether it's Steph Curry, Will Chamberlain, Mint Condition, or Whispers, one of them four we'll be talking about. I want everybody out there to continue to always be blessed, be a blessing, listen to my brother LL, and enjoy the greatness of Patty's live version of If You Don't Know Me By Now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is LL School K. Happy to be back on here again. Silver, it's my pleasure. Thank you for calling me, hitting me up. You know I had to lace this one. I had to hook you up. We talk about timeless music. Patti LaBelle. She was a big deal. She was the shark in the water. And when I, I say that, I mean no one could compare to That soprano voice, that delivery, that style, that swag that Patti LaBelle brought to R&B and soul and just to music in general. If she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, it is what it is. That's why we do our show to give flowers to those that are well deserving of it and that it may be overdue for. Patti LaBelle, still active, still touring, still making music, still making the best sweet potato pies and buttermilk 
pies and peach cobblers still doing it doing it all and reaching a lot of the young audience because young people today got a short attention span and that's just the way it is with us millennials but patty labelle has been able to manage to find a way to reach young people younger than me you know her music is timeless when she sing i feel like she talking to me i feel like she's singing to me when you feeling down patty labelle got a song for every situation whether you're happy you're sad christmas whatever whatever mood and spirit that you in patty labelle got you she got you and it's on and popping and i love you all and i love you patty if you ever hear this this is your flowers this is your time and you deserve it more than ever
Yeah, I like to do one of those. Sometimes you think you're all known about. I think it's kind of like your ego gets in the way. And you take for granted somebody just knows what you're all about, my dear. And they just don't. Oh, shut. I'm gonna try and talk to you, sugar. You break your back, you break your legs, and you break your face. Trying to make these people know you're in line. But somehow, they just don't wanna try to. So you say to yourself, is it something I said? Is it something I done? Is it the way I look? the way my clothes come unfastened. And if that turns you off, baby, you ain't worth me anyway. Hey. So you fasten your clothes, you check your speech, and you check out your drag and everything else, your face. And you find out you're still in trouble. So then you say to yourself, self, is it worth it? No. Because it's been 10 long years. This is the situation that I'm talking about. 10 long years. And if you don't know me, I'm not going to try. 